This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We are talking about the, uh, a few things actually, the Panama Papers, which was this leak of 11 million documents that came from a Panamanian law firm who is uh, reported as having set up 240,000 offshore firms and the uproar is basically about uh were these people trying to avoid taxes and this came during the same week that obama came out and uh castigated companies for doing what's called tax inversion which is this way of doing a merger with a company domiciled often in ireland or some uh lower tax venue so that uh, it can minimize their uh, tax burden in part because of some double taxation that happens with corporate taxes in, uh, in the U.S. But what I object to the whole thing is that all of these, all of this outrage around the Panama Papers or tax inversion all comes from this idea that we have to ask for uh, we have to okay that we take some of this money that the government owns and bring it home. It's like we get that. that when, so when like a tax rate goes above 50% and, and you'd be surprised at how close uh, that tax rate can get when you take all state, local and federal income taxes, plus payroll taxes, plus property taxes, plus sales taxes, how much of the money that you earn is actually going back to the government and and at a certain point, it only, you know, for them to keep more money than you do uh, makes you feel like it's not even your money. And I think that that's the underlying mentality of this, uh, you know, this kind of collectivist mentality that the government, it's really, really, if you, <laughs> I don't I don't go back and read the original sources. I, 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 I read little synopses, summary. Will Durant is a great uh, author. He wrote The Story of Philosophy, and it's, like encapsulates the great philosophers and Plato's idea was that that the unit, the social unit, is is the um, fundamental y- unit of society, the government, the community. And Aristotle's idea was that it was the individual. And for me, it has to be the individual, not just because it's self-evident and you know even a little baby resents being uh, intruded upon, but the individual is where the decisions are made. So if your goal is to have the collective be the beneficiary of the decisions, how are you going to get people to make decisions that benefit the collective when their incentives are to make decisions that benefit themselves? And that's where these things come from, tax inversion or offshore accounts. You want to do what's best for you, and you're the person who's actually taking action. I had a caller before the break saying the fair tax is a way to eliminate uh, all of that because you pay taxes on what you buy. And I and it definitely seems to be a solution to that problem. I have other problems with taxation, which I want to get to. Uh, just the the fairness of who's paying taxes and why, what's it for, are you getting your money's worth? 
But I even go one step further, and I I identify our government as uh, a pathocracy, a government that is in no way working for us, but working against us. And I almost feel a moral obligation to not pay taxes just because of what they do with the money. I'd rather burn it. So I want to get to that conversation later in the show, but I wanted to finish up on what I think is really going on with the Panama Papers. And I, I always have suspicions about leaks that there are other purposes to it. And with the Panama Papers, I think the ultimate purpose is there are going to be several purposes, tax issues, tax policy, uh, normalizing laws, more financial surveillance, total financial surveillance, I think, has to be a big goal of theirs. But I also think they're going to use it to blackmail uh, foreign leaders of kind of secondary countries. And I think, uh, so I always try to figure out what's really going on. I I feel like, I I firmly believe, conclude, whatever, that this Republican-Democrat thing, what you see is not what you get. When I see Hillary's emails looking like, oh, well, I asked the advisor and then I made my decision, I don't buy that. I think there is a whole nother layer of decision-making going on that the email gate thing makes it look like there isn't, but I think there is. And, And the way I see it, is that there there is a there's plenty of evidence that there are institutions who want world government they call it now world governance but even in david rockefeller's biography he said guilty as charged you know i i want that and there are other things the trilateral commission many institutions many think tanks um many historians of the modern era point out that that there is a a, a real philosophy that that we should have the central control that um and i think that these trade, these huge, massive regional trade agreements and any kind of regionalization is is one step in the direction for this world governance thing. And the, some of the people behind the Panama Papers are these exact people who have uh, decades-long history of supporting this kind of globalism. The Ford Foundation, so the, so the Panama Papers was released or leaked or whatever through the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. And that, in turn, was founded by the Center for Public Integrity, which is funded by, in part, the Ford Foundation, which uh, is knee-deep in that kind of foreign intrigue. It's where uh, Obama's mother worked for Tim Geithner's father in Malaysia, in uh, Indonesia, right after a coup. Um, and Obama's stepfather worked for Union Oil over there. He was the liaison with the post-coup government. So there's more to that kind of stuff than meets the eye. Open Society, George Soros's Open Society, uh, contributes to the Center for Public Inter- Integrity. The Omidyar Foundation, Pierre Omidyar, supposedly worked hand-in-hand with the Open Society in the latest Ukraine coup, yet he is the funder of Glenn Greenwald, who is Snowden's uh, mouthpiece. So when I smelled around with Snowden and then saw that what this guy is up to in his other uh, endeavors, it seemed to me that it is a closed circle after all. The Carnegie Corporation of New York is uh, part of this. If you haven't seen Norman Dodd's interview by G. Edward Griffin uh, on YouTube or on my website, see it if you want to know how far back the Carnegie um, group will uh, is, is in deep with the deep, deep state. 
and the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, the Rockefeller Family Fund, all are behind this uh, this Center for Public Integrity. So I I think they have high uh, uh, more grandiose goals than just getting these guys on taxes. I'm going to go to Kim and Marietta. Hi, Kim. You're on with Monica. Hi, Center for Public Integrity. What a joke of a name. <laughs> I know, right? It's just so, yeah. it's like Newspeak. It's like o- opposite. <laughs> yeah. Um, something that I've always thought is that, you know how politicians look, especially when they want to raise taxes on something, they'll say, oh, this is, you're making an investment in America and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? If I'm an investor, that means I'm a shareholder. And I think that... The, the more taxes people pay, a person pays as an individual, then you should get more votes in the election. <laughs> like, and I do. And if you don't pay any taxes, or maybe give everybody one vote, but then after that one vote, the more taxes you pay, then you get more votes. I mean, that's if a very, more, like, unmodern thing, but it was it was not totally foreign to the founding ideas where property owners got the vote because they had skin in the game. Right. And, and just like I say, just to keep the whiners quiet, quiet, give everybody one vote as a basis. But well, then if you're paying taxes, then you get maybe two votes. I, the more taxes you pay, you might get five or ten votes. If I won't. Taxpayer. I won't go that far. I will tell you what I think is, uh, it may even be the opposite idea, but my idea would be, what are you paying for when you have taxes? Let's just say it's for your protection of person and property. So as an individual, maybe pay $1,000 a year for any individual. It doesn't matter how much you're worth. But if you want your property protected, so if you're one of these mega landowners like Ted Turner and the Air Force will protect your property or the fire, you know, the fire system will put out wildfires, then you should pay a proportional amount of taxes for what you would be uh, getting the services for. So you actually there the. I would say the taxes should be commensurate with what you're getting back. Now, that's separate. We can get into it a little bit later in the show of how, uh, of what is the real purpose of government, because most of government, a lot of government is insurance, is just, uh, it's health insurance, it's um, old age insurance, and that, I would say, you have to, uh, you have to decide if that's a legitimate function of government or perhaps allow people to opt out. But I understand what you're saying about you can't, it actually sets up a perverse incentive to have the masses, only half of whom in this country even work, if I'm uh, correct, that uh, labor force participation rate is like less than half uh, of, and half if you actually count the actual whole population that they could vote all your money away. I mean, that's what democracy comes down to. And you really do have to caution against that, which is why we're actually a democratic republic and should stick to these objective laws as laid out in the Constitution and uh, basic principles. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Some sun tomorrow with a high of 65. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. 
And we are talking about uh, the Panama Papers and taxes in honor of Tax Week. I'm going to Kevin in Stone Mountain. Hi, Kevin. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Just wanted to throw out there for your listeners, there's an incredible book by the prophet David Horowitz called The Great Leviathan, and it breaks down every uh, contributor to the Democratic, like the Ford Foundation, and it compares the really? brothers to Ford and all this stuff, and it shows how the Ford Foundation was originally nationalist. It was originally all about America, keeping America liberty and freedom, and, and it just got taken over by his, I guess his grandchildren or whatever. But it, uh, the Great Leviathan is a must. It, it just shows how, how much we're up against and how much money is going into the destruction of our country. I would, Kevin, have you heard of uh, Charlotte Iserbite? She wrote The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. No, I have heard of the book. I, I didn't know that was who wrote yeah, it. Yeah, she wrote it, and she has an interview on, a long interview on YouTube where she's she's older now, but she was old then. <laughs> I think she's still alive. <laughs> and she she had, her father was, I believe he was in Skull and Bones, and he got in the mail a who's who in Skull and Bones, which was secret, yep. and he was so concerned about the influence the secret society had over our government that he gave it to Anthony Sutton, who was a Hoover Institution fellow and wrote some unbelievable exposés about what was going on behind the scenes. And what she said, she had mentioned that many of these foundations, Carnegie, Pew, many of them had started out as uh, genuine by these guys who really wanted and then uh, were hijacked. And then I would take that one step further and say that it's that they were deliberately, intentionally, you know, plottingly hijacked by, you know, let's just say it was only 100 years ago, the kind of Rockefeller roads. Yeah. And so they they actually made a plan to infiltrate just, you know, academia, media and the State Department. And there was even a commission, the Reese Commission in the 50s, to investigate tax-exempt foundations for un-American activities. And they found that they were engaging in un-American activities, and the, and the, it was shut down, the commission was shut down, the researchers were told to go home, and it was never acted upon. And that was something I was talking about a little bit earlier about uh, Norman Dodd. There was also, he had a great interview with G. Edward Griffin, on YouTube is also on my website where he talks about being he was I think the head researcher of that commission and he reads in the Carnegie Endowment uh, minutes how they wa- they set out to transform America and they concluded that a war would be the best way to do that and so they encouraged our involvement in World War One. So this stuff is not, uh, isn't new. It isn't a fantasy. There's plenty of evidence. But I didn't hear about the Horowitz book, The Great Leviathan. I'm going to look into that. I hope it checks out. And uh, let's continue this conversation. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I'm happy to talk about anything Libertarian. We have been talking about the Panama Papers, which I think have both a deep state implication and a tax theme. And uh, I want, I do want to continue down those paths, but I am open to anything. I just got a tweet from Cornucopian asking me who I thought won the Libertarian debate last night. 
there was a libertarian debate on Fox Business News hosted by John Stossel, where it was a young guy named Austin Peterson, John McAfee of uh, antiviral software fame, and Gary Johnson, who was the libertarian candidate on the ballot last time. And I only saw the first half of it. I posted it on my website. And I, I really, it, it's so much more principle-based than what you get with this, what I call the primaries, a reality show on the regular Democratic and Republican stuff. And it's, and it's nice. It's interesting because there actually are things that libertarians disagree with, but they have reasons for it and they have to defend it. So that's interesting to watch. So I, I actually was uh, very impressed with John McAfee, who continued to come like every time he came from a purely individualistic perspective. So when it came to a question about discrimination, he said, and I actually Brad tweeted to me once the same thing. Discrimination is not aggression. If I'm on my property and you want to come on my property, I can let you come on or you don't have to come on if you don't want to. It's uh, you can both decide what you want to do. And just the only real limitations are don't touch me or my stuff. He didn't say it that way. I always say it that way. But it was just, uh, you know, he kept coming back to that. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to watching the other half. I'm going to Paul in Atlanta. Hi, Paul. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I just, uh, first of all, I think I'm sometimes a, a schizophrenic uh, a person between the two parties, yours and Republicans. But Well, I'm a libertarian. I know, a libertarian, and sometimes uh, I have those libertarian feelings and roots. And I also have strong Republican roots. So oh, well, anyway, let me just, I have to interrupt said, you for a second, Paul, because uh, I am just bought a book. I'm going to be on a panel April 26th for the America's Freedom Foundation in Midtown, Atlanta. You can go to my website, monicaparezshow.com, to check it out if you want to come. And the theme of the panel is uh, about a book, The Conservatarian Manifesto, uh, where the idea that it's a kind of an amalgamation of libertarian and conservative. So the guy wrote the book is there. There's a conservative there and I am there. Yeah. It might be something you're okay. interested in. Check it, it out. But so, be. yeah. So what, what have me, you got? Paul? Let me talk here. Uh, yeah. What I'm wanting to talk about is, uh, I have absolutely nothing against LBGT community, but I'm amazed at the number of companies that are standing up and fighting North Carolina over the fact that uh, they don't want someone urinating in a girl's bathroom if she's not fully a girl. And I cannot understand the power between the LBGT community ramping on this as if that was the only thing that was ever, ever important is the freedom to use the girl's bathroom. Uh, companies well, like PayPal and others that are just uh, totally uh, fighting against the, the state, moving uh, jobs. And Monica, what is this power thing? Oh, Let me tell you what I think. I, I want you to tell me if you think what I'm saying rings true or not. Let me uh, tell you what I think. I, as soon as the Religious Freedom Act got onto Governor Deal's desk and he said he wasn't going to sign it, even before Disney said that they would retaliate and boycott whatever, I said, 
I personally, I have no, no problem with, uh, I would not be involved in any discriminatory business practice or anything. I've got no problems. I'm a libertarian. We don't care about people's personal lives at all. But uh, I saw that Religious Freedom Act as a setup because the DOMA, Defense of Marriage Act, the federal act, led to the Supreme Court telling the states that they had to allow gay marriage. So it went from ban to uh, to the exact opposite. And I thought, I said, when you start to uh, legislate this kind of stuff, you're opening yourself up for a backlash. And I would take it one step back and say, I have felt for some time now that the South is in the crosshairs, that the South is kind of the last bastion of uh, of these, what these guys consider to be unacceptable social conservatism. Again, I'm a libertarian. I am not a social conservative. But I felt that the South was being targeted, and I kind of feel like these laws uh, are are asking for trouble. What do you think? Any chance well, of that? I, I, I think that... Obviously, like you said about some of the other things you were talking about earlier, there are things uh, sinister behind all of these things that we think are straight. In addition to the things that you talked about, I was waiting for you to say that just about every college in the world was established to talk about the Bible, and yet that, too, has gotten hijacked into anything. But let's get back to this. Why is there so much over... What? Are there a thousand people who want to go to the girls' room to urinate? What is the big thing here? Well, I think that I, I don't actually think that that's what it's about. I think it's about this reframing of right and wrong, and this is what I mean: private property is should be sacrosanct, and the government should not be involved in public. Uh, services i think like governments shouldn't shouldn't own universities so if you look at laws like this if if private property owners were allowed to do whatever they want and many restaurants i've gone to recently have just individual stalls and you just go it doesn't matter it doesn't say w or m or says both or whatever private property owners who want to have as big a consumer base customer base as they can will just eliminate the problem but these laws say well anything that deals with the public is public property that's not true it's all private property unless it's owned by the government and almost nothing should be owned by the government even universities in my opinion i really uh, i have strong feelings about the university thing i don't know if it's going to make people mad but i i think that the more the government takes over things the more everybody feels like they have a right to decide what happens on that property so i, I think it's about degrading that I, stuff sorry i wouldn't argue with you on that but monica i'm a father uh, uh here's a group of people who decide that they want to be a man in a woman's dress and they haven't really made the whole cut yet uh, so they, they don't have a vagina, they have a penis, and that means they want, should be in the men's room. But I don't want my daughter in the men, in the girl's room, and some guy steps up there and doesn't leave the stall open or whatever, and he's urinating in front of my eight-year-old girl. What the heck is wrong with this? The government has to, in that place, when the people stand up and say, we want protection in this area 
We don't want this private organization, this group of people, to have the right to come into our daughter's restroom, toilet. Who are we going to turn to? I would would reiterate that if that you, I know it's inconvenient, but if you want to go to a mall where you can send your eight-year-old into the bathroom or a movie theater or whatever, that then only, you know, if private property were considered private property, you could vote with your feet and say, okay, this is what I demand. And the people who offer the services, I'm telling you, they would have uh, individual stalls is my guess. And um, I feel like it is that, that these issues are there to bait people into taking sides and be at each other's throats and it's working like a charm i'm going to go to john in hapeville john you're on with monica hey uh, monica yeah yes. uh, i was reading something today about the uh, supreme court's uh, uh decision on the defense of marriage act which basically overturned it but right. that did not legalize gay marriage it basically put the law back the way it was where 50 states were deciding what the definition of marriage was. I thought uh, the Defense of Marriage Act was about uh, the federal... Was it, was it not important because there are fer- federal marital privileges, which I think there shouldn't be, about uh, benefits and stuff? Isn't that why the Defense of Marriage Act was important? I... I'm not. I'm not going to be able to answer that. With, well, I just. Uh, I feel like it became a federal issue. I'm not, I'm not an expert on it. I would have to refresh my memory. I didn't expect to talk about it, but the my feeling is that the reason that, that it became a federal issue, the excuse was that you get spousal benefits, you get all this kind of stuff. But yeah. again, I would say if the government, the government should have absolutely no part in deciding who gets married and permitting people to marry. And similarly, they shouldn't grant marital privileges. This is why I'm such a hardcore libertarian. You can't extend the safety net. You can't uh, start, uh, you can't protect, so-called protect people without using force, without making people do stuff they don't want to do. And, and once you do that, everybody has to decide what's right for everybody else. The only way is to keep the government out of all of that, out of charity, out of insurance, out of everything. Yes. <laughs> well, I agree with that. But the point being is that uh, when the Defense of Marriage Act uh, was 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 cast aside, uh, that uh, put uh, the states back in control of of of, of the. Of the I, I don't. I mean, I'd have to double check. I I, uh, I don't. I didn't think so. I thought it had uh, to do with the definition of marriage for federal purposes and that the Supreme Court then said later, much later, that states could not ban, you know, that was the decision last year, that states could not ban uh, recognizing gay marriages. Okay. But well, I'll have to double check. I'm sorry. Well, and, that, and that goes beyond what uh, I had read this this morning. So I, uh, All right, I will. You know what, John? I'm going to take a break. I am going to uh, look at that, confirm it, and you're welcome to email me your link if you want to. Uh, come back after the break, finish the conversation, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It is 58 degrees outside the studio. Skies are sunny, although it is windy out. 
The Weekend Weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And before the break, we were talking about the Defense of Marriage Act. And I just, uh, I, I do believe I remembered it correctly. I'm looking here at the just the summary on Wikipedia. There's a 1996 law uh, that prior to being ruled unconstitutional, it defined marriage for federal purposes as the union of one man and one woman and allowed states to refuse to recognize same-sex marriages granted under the laws of other states. Until uh, Section 3 was struck down in 2013, DOMA, in conjunction with other statutes, had barred same-sex married couples from being recognized as spouses for purposes of federal laws effectively bar barring them from receiving federal marriage benefits. Uh, it did not prevent individual states from recognizing same-sex marriage, but it imposed constraints on the benefits received by all legally married same-sex couples. So it, it was defining marriage for... Uh, federal purposes and i would say that's the problem with having uh all these federal laws um let me go real quick to greg in stone mountain greg you're on with monica hey monica um all this stuff about people wanting to use the men's west restroom that or women's restroom that aren't women what was to keep the rapists from doing that just putting on a dress and going in the women's room and waiting on somebody that right now, you mean? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, well, I mean. Right that, now, but I mean, it, it, that's the bottom line. Is that you? Easier. You absolutely, you absolutely have to have uh, punish wrongdoing, keep places safe in women's rooms. You don't see each other's stuff. I don't know what it's like in men's rooms, but that would have to continue to be uh, what what goes on. But ultimately. My position is that, you know, I this debate is forcing me and you and everybody else to to make this decision for everybody. Whereas in a private establishment like the mall or whatever, they can handle their own security, their own preferences, how they want to serve their customers. And you can choose to go to that mall or a different mall. And it could even reflect how they consider their local customer base what they want what those people like and if you don't like it, you're probably going to gravitate towards another community i'm just saying it's uh these issues are meant to divide us and it really really works 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk or you can tweet at me at monica perez show for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.